right, all right. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Christian Talk Show. Pastor Caesar, are you out there? I am here and blessed to be here. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Praise it's an exciting God. night. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. God is doing great things, and he's taking us to new heights and new levels, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. You know, Pastor, this is our seventh episode, Pastor. Can you believe that? Seven episodes. Seven episodes. The number of perfection, completion, and effective. <laughs> you are so right, Pastor. And that is the name of this show, Completion. Amen, Amen. sir? Amen. Praise God. <laughs> See, God is good. You know, Pastor, this this talk show, just in case you didn't know, has over 1,100 downloads, Pastor. Can you believe that? Amen. Great. That's fantastic. God is helping people all over the world. He's helping. That's great news. He's helping his children. He's using this ministry to touch others. And that's what we wanted to do. Amen, sir. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And today, it'd be no different. So we have right. some very good topics, some Christian topics that uh, we need to talk about, like like always. But first, Amen. first things first, Pastor, can you lead us off? Absolutely. Father God in heaven, we just thank you for another day, Father God. We thank you that you've given us another breath of life in which we may worship, praise, honor, glorify, and magnify your royal holy name, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for what you are doing, Father God, not only in us, Father God, but in the ministry and in the people listening. I pray that you would bless everyone this evening, Father God, that is listening to this broadcast, that you would touch their hearts, Father God, touch their minds. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all praise, glory, and honor. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. and amen. All right. Thank you so much for that opening prayer. Amen. You, you know, you know, Pastor, yes, as sir. we look at our Christian walk and we see people in their Christian walk, there's certain things that we need to adhere to. <clears throat> there's certain laws so our first topic pastor is the royal law amen the royal law pastor and <clears throat> with that royal law it tells us what we need to do so if we look at the book of james chapter 2 verse 8 and i'm reading out of right out of the english standard version right now amen if you if you really fulfill the royal law According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbors as yourself. You are doing well. Verse 9, but if you show particularly you are committing sin and are convicted by the laws as transgressor, for wh whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. 
the royal law, Pastor. Love your neighbor right. like you do yourself. What 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 do you have to, what do you think about that, Pastor? You know, it, it's funny that we think of the royal law and loving your neighbor as yourself. You think, well, how am I gonna love them the same way I, I love myself? Well, let's think about that for a second. How how do you love yourself when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, you make sure you're clothed, you you make sure that you're you're fed, you make sure that you you know you you have finance to, to do what the things that you need to do in life. So you have all of the basic necessities and you like to enjoy yourself and watch movies and, and things like this. Well, loving your neighbor, I mean, if you see your neighbor is struggling with not having food in their refrigerator, I mean, if you didn't have any food in your refrigerator, wouldn't you go out to go buy some for your family? Amen. So loving your neighbor would be helping them as well. Or if you see that they are struggling with some painful situation that happened in their lives, or if you see them struggling that they don't have a, a ride uh, to, to get to a doctor appointment or whatever, then you go out and help them the same way you would help yourself and do things for you to be comfortable or to be happy or whatever, then you want to do the same thing for your neighbor. If you forgive yourself the way God forgives us of our sin and we forgive ourselves, then we need to forgive our neighbors as well. And just the same way we don't abuse ourselves, we shouldn't be abusing our neighbors. Amen. No, that's that's so that's so true. You know what James was actually doing? Uh, he was quoting Jesus. So if we look at the if we look at the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-seven, <clears throat> Jesus answered, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind." This is the first and most important commandment. The second most important commandment is like this one, and it is love the others as much as you love yourself. All the law of Moses and the books of the prophets are based on these two commandments, Pastor. James is quoting Jesus. That's it's right. all about love. And what? And God is what, Pastor? He's love. Is that right? He is love. That's right. That's right. So let me ask you a quick question, Minister Jermaine. So if, let's say, if I stole something, is that, uh, but I haven't committed murder or adultery or any of these other things, but I stole something. Is that still breaking the law? So, Pastor, these two laws here, if you stole something, obviously you broke the one of the most important commands, the, the love. Because if you're loving exactly. yourself, if you're loving your neighbor, you don't do that. You don't That's think right. that way. And, and if the neighbor's loving you, you won't be in a situation that you would have to steal something because he would know or see something about you that doesn't look right. What would he well, uh, it, something else comes to mind uh, based on just what you said. So let's say uh, I love my neighbor, 
and I'm very nice to uh, my neighbor, and they're not so very nice to me. And it doesn't seem like they love me. Am I still required to love them? It's a commandment, sir. So love conquers all, Pastor. Have you ever, remember like when you're you're like a, 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 I don't know, maybe a a little kid, adolescent, right? And you go to your parents and you can say, I I don't know, I I want a McDonald's cheeseburger. And they'll probably look at you like, no, we're we're eating what we're eating tonight. And that's it. But if you go to your, say, so you go to your parents, you're so nice. You're so, uh, you guys are the best parents on earth. Did you know there's no other parents that like you guys? Can I have a cheeseburger? Oh, get a whole bunch of cheeseburgers. <laughs> you right, know what right. I mean, Pastor? <laughs> exactly. Get a whole exactly. bag of cheeseburgers, right? That's right. That's right. You know, and so, sometimes even uh, if you notice, your, your parents may have told you no, and you end up at uh, aunt's house or grandma's house or somebody else's house, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, uh, I, I'm hungry for this. And your parents are looking at you like, oh, my gosh, how could you even say something like that? How embarrassing. You ate before. But they'll go out and they'll do anything and everything for you, right? And that's love. That's love. Now, the parents aren't doing it necessarily because they don't love you. The parents, obviously, they have to have some discipline with you. But you notice when you go to grandma's, it's everything is yours. Everything. That's that's love the love of the father he gives us everything because he loves us so much he loved us so much he gave up his only son it's only begun how many of us could do that if we knew somebody else was dying and then they came to you and your son had the only blood or or your daughter had the only blood that could save humanity i mean I don't know about you, but I don't think I could do that and say, okay, well, take my take my daughter and, and kill her and, okay, everybody else will be fine. You know, it's a hard thing to do. And think the father did that with his only son. Perfect, right? And said, hey, I'm giving him up for humanity. And Jesus said, yeah, this is what I want to do to go save the world. Imagine that. Yes, that's very, very deep, Pastor. The father sends his only begotten son. The son comes on earth. It's God himself in flesh, but he stayed in the flesh to endure the punishment to Calvary because he loved us. Yes. He gave himself. He gave himself to us, the ones that are here today, the the ones that are speaking on this podcast today and listening to this podcast when he didn't have to. It's unconditional love, Pastor. Is that right? That's right. Unconditional. And his kind of love is all-encompassing because... The Bible speaks about while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners and knowing that we would continue sinning, still God loved us. When 
Jesus was being crucified, he even said to his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How many of us could actually do that? You're being spit on. You're being stabbed with the spear. You got whips that ripped off your, your skin. And you're going to say, forgive them for they know not what, you, what they do. I'll tell you, that is love, absolute love, and it's mercy and grace, which are all encompassed in love. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And that's why it's the royal law. And that's why it's the great two of the commandments that Jesus pulled out. Not that the other commandments are not applicable, but these two commandments, because of that love that Jesus displayed on the cross that 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 unconditional love that you just spoke about that God gave us is what we as children as doers and workers in God's in God's word is supposed to have for others so when you ask me the question say you stole something pastor I'm supposed to love you is that right right that's correct that's correct you're supposed to still love if i insult you you're supposed to still love if i hurt you in any way you're still supposed to love you know something interesting happened to me the other day and it's just the world we live in and people that are feeling stressed and pressured and the pandemic and all these things and not being able to go out and enjoy your life like you'd like you know, I was driving to the store and this uh, gentleman, uh, he almost almost hit my car. He, he actually swerved into my lane. I don't know if he was on his phone texting or, or he got distracted or somebody swerved completely into my lane. And I, I honked my horn as I swerved because I, I wanted him to, you know, like be alert, watch out. Well, he... Uh, he gave me an interesting sign with uh, one of his appendages, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very upset. And uh, he flashed that, that sign to me. And, you know, boy, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'd be lying if I say, oh, I felt love for him at that moment. <laughs> you know, at that moment, that's not what I was feeling. But I knew, hey, listen, you know, maybe he's going through a rough time. Maybe, you know. Maybe he got scared. Maybe, you know, who knows what's going on in his life. So you got to choose to, hey, Lord, just, you know, forgive him. And, you know, if I had any bad thoughts or anything, forgive me. And, you know, you move on. You, you have to remain in love at all times, not just when you feel like it. It's got to be at all times. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. But if our life is centered around Christ, it's much easier to do than if you're just kind of like in the world, because that's what the world does, right? Amen. That's exactly what the world does, Pastor. And it's interesting you, you go there because if we look at our Strong's Concordance, royal, the Greek meaning of royal is belonging to the sovereign our preeminent king. So this royal law is a royal 
love that comes from the almighty king. We think about that. Amen. I tell you, that's why I I love God so much. I mean, we don't deserve any any of it, any of his love. And yet he gives it to us anyway. Even sometimes, remember when when, uh, Moses was asked to speak to the rock and he struck the rock because Moses was angry. You know, all the people complaining, murmuring after they had just been brought out of slavery all those years. And God said to him, I was not angry with the people. Isn't that something? See, we're many times moved by emotion. God is moved by love. By love. That's how he's moved. You know, that's why when he forgives us of our sin, you know, we can be reconciled unto him. And that's what he wants. He wants to love on us, just like we want to move, uh, love on our children. Even if they misbehave, we still love them. We never stop loving them just because they do something wrong. Now, that's not a license. We don't want our children being disobedient and being disrespectful and that kind of thing. We don't want them getting into trouble. But even when they do, we love them through it all. And there was a song, uh, you know, that... Uh, I believe it was uh, Andre Crouch way back in the day, through it all, you know, and uh, through everything, God loves us. And I'll tell you, I, I love him so much because he, he didn't have to do that. And yet he does. He called us. We didn't find him. He found us. He called us unto himself. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, we talk about the royal law, loving thy neighbor, loving loving thy neighbor as we love ourselves. Right now, <clears throat> if we look at it in context, because God first loved us, like you just said, Pastor. Since you have a, a grandson and you love him, correct? Yes. Do you love him so much that you don't give him things, Pastor? Let me put it in context for you. Your grandson toddler age right do you give him keys to the car or if you give him the keys to the car what would happen to him right go in there and maybe put himself in danger by putting the the key in the ignition starting it and putting it in gear and crashing the car right out of the driveway (laughs) hurting himself hurting somebody else yeah he, he can't right now but you love him so much you don't give it to him is that right? That's right. That's right. So, so if we're looking at the Father, how come he? How come we don't get everything that we pray for, Pastor? Where's the love? Well, because it's actually loving us not to give us certain things. You know, I remember uh, long ago before I was a Christian, and uh, I, I I had gotten married, and I remember. Uh, thinking to myself, you know, uh, I love this this individual so much, right? I love my wife and what have you at the outset, you know, the honeymoon stage, everything's great. And then in marriage, like in almost any marriage, you start going through difficulties. And I know, I, I wanted 
finances. I, I wanted, you know, very good finances back way back when. Um, and I remember thinking, why don't you give it to me, Lord? Why don't you give it to me? You know, I was, like I say, a new Christian. And I realized that had he given it to me then, at that time, I would have divorced my wife. I would have gotten my half, you know, whatever we would have gotten, 500000 a million dollars, $2 million, whatever it would have been. Hey, you know what? I can afford it now. You're out of here. I'm out of here. Here's your half. Here's my half. And I'm done. So I would have made a huge mistake had God given me what I wanted at that time. You understand? It's it's you can make the wrong decisions if God gives you a promotion at your job and all of a sudden it causes you to have all kinds of pride and to start to think you're all that in a bag of chips, as they say. You know, it could cause you more harm than good. Right? So we have to be careful because that love also means, listen, sometimes I have to withhold something from you. Or sometimes, get this, sometimes I even have to punish you. I have to allow you to go through some things because God chastises those whom he loves, right? It's to make them more successful. Because, for example, if, if you teach your child at a young age, how to respect people, then that's how they're going to grow up. But think about just like, I don't know, have you have you ever been pulled over by a police officer? Yes, sir. And were you ever guilty? Whatever it was, uh, maybe speeding a little bit or, or you know, um, you know, maybe you didn't have your seatbelt on or whatever the case may be. And and you knew you were guilty. And the officer uh, lets you off the hook. You, you respect him and you say, good afternoon, officer. You know, can I ask you what, what seems to be the problem? And he tells you, well, you know, did you know you were going, you know, a little fast? You were going like, you know, seven miles over the speed limit. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I was... I was in a rush, but yeah, I know I was, I was hitting the gas a little bit, you know, uh, apologize for that, you know, but I understand you got to do what you got to do. It's your job. Nine times out of 10, he'll come back and he'll say, you know, well, just be careful. But if you never taught your child respect and immediately when they get pulled over and it could be something very minor, maybe their light went out their back light, you know, and now I was like, why did you pull me over it? Oh, why don't you go and pull over people that are really doing stuff or people that are selling drugs and, and people that are committing murder? Why don't you get out there? And you start disrespecting somebody just because you're upset because you got caught doing something you shouldn't be doing. Then you're going to pay a price. So if I didn't teach my children well and they get that way with that kind of an attitude, Chances are they're going to be written up for maybe multiple things that are wrong with the car. Who knows? 
or maybe they're going to be uh, pulled out. And if they start, you know, some kind of a physical altercation, now all of a sudden your child's in jail. And all because you didn't have that discipline and that teaching, that love at the outset. See, many times parents confuse uh, giving things, spoiling their children, which we all do from time to time. But when that's all you do is spoil them, you're really not loving them. Because God says that, listen, if you really love your children, you will correct them. So correction is even love. Amen. Amen, sir. You, you know, as we look at the subject, the royal law, and we look at loving neighbors as we love ourselves, God loving us, Christ loving us, could love, because it's so powerful, could it blind us, like you said earlier, Pastor, when you, you had mentioned um, some people fall into pride? So if you fall into pride and you think that, like you said, all that in a bag of chips, could a person turn themselves into their own idol? And that's our next topic, Pastor. Could we Absolutely. look at ourselves as idols? Absolutely. You know, and it's not even just thinking we're all that because it's that that pride. But it could also be that stubbornness of I'm refusing to forgive. I'm refusing to love. I'm refusing to be this or that. That's anything good. You're idolizing yourself. So even that can become an idol. You make yourself an idol, right? And let's think about, for example, in 1 John 5.21, right? I'll be uh, reading out of the New King James Version, but it says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says a little differently, and I like the way it says it. It says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. So an idol is anything, anyone, including your children, your spouse, your job, your money, putting anything or anyone that might take God's place in our hearts. Isn't that something? It could be anything or anyone. It doesn't have to be only one way, right? Amen. So let's take you through through some examples. Um, a false god. What would you say, Minister Jermaine, is a false god? That's a good question, Pastor. Maybe a false god for for me could be could it be money, Pastor? Absolutely, it can be money. What else can it be? Um, could be maybe another, uh, you know, some people, when they go to the, uh, go to the synagogue or the churches, they, they look up to, uh, uh you know, other pastors or the leaders in the church. That's right. 
Yes, they can make them false gods, right? And and we know that the church does have false prophets and false teachings. I I saw uh, I saw one today, as a matter of fact, that was online, and uh, and this there was a gentleman that used to have this ministry long ago, but you know sometimes those things kind of tend to resurrect. But it's a, a laughing ministry where. You know, the person falls on the ground uh, and and the, the pastor will come and put his foot on the stomach or put his hand on the stomach and say, you know, come on, blow it out your belly, blow it out your belly. He he ha ha ho ho. And listen, that's that's not God. That's not God. That's that's not even biblical teaching. So there are false gods in the church, and you, you, you have to be careful not to put your dependency on man, but on God himself. You know, in Jonah uh, 2, verse 8, it says, Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. You're turning your back on all of God's mercies by worshiping a false god, by worshiping your uh, clothing and your 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 tennis shoes, you get the best. And listen, there's nothing wrong with having a coach purse or having a Michael Kors or some expensive shoes or what have you. But when you make that the all important thing, where it's oh no, I buy nothing but this. I won't go to Target or Kmart or a 99 cent store. No, it's all got to be, you know, top, top of the line stuff. Listen, you need to be careful because you could be making this an idol, making it a false God. You know, and in, in Judges 10, 14, uh, the Bible says, go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of need or in your time of distress, right? So we have to be careful. If we call God, like we were talking about uh, the royal law, if we call God our king, right? Well, then we're supposed to be doing what the king asks of us. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Jermaine? That's the whole purpose of the law. You're, you're supposed to follow the law, right? Right? Yeah. I've never seen, uh, you know, any subjects, people that are subjected to the king, turn around and tell the king, well, I don't, I don't like that decree. Well, I'm not going to do that. Right? Usually, if you're a, a follower of the king, you're going to do what the king asks. And we're talking about a good king. We're talking That's about right. the king of kings the king and the lord king. of lords. We're not talking about just any king, right? So we have to be careful. Amen. Um, you know, a lot of people look to different things uh, when when they, they may be Christians. They may be baby Christians or maybe not all that knowledgeable in the things of the Lord yet. Uh, so they turn to horoscopes, right? And people used to do this 
in the Old Testament, you know, in the old days, right? They used to do that. They used to, you know, look at the stars and, you know, make decisions based upon uh, the stars. But if, if we take a look, for example, at horoscopes, okay, let's take a look at Jeremiah 10.2 out of the New Living Translation. It says, this is what the Lord says. Do not act like the other nations who try to read their future in the stars. Do not be afraid of their predictions, even though other nations are terrified of them. This is biblical. So for people that think, you know, well, it's innocent. It's a horoscope. Oh, I'm a Leo. I'm a Gemini. I'm a this. I'm a that. And oh, well, you know, it says that I shouldn't go out today and I shouldn't make important decisions. And oh, well, you know, my number says that that today would not be a, a, a good day to negotiate a deal. No, no, that, that's completely wrong. That's, that's idol worship. You're worshiping the stars in heaven that God created instead of worshiping God and counting on your future in what God has for you, right? And people will say, well, but, you know, didn't they go looking for Jesus Right. The three wise men, weren't they looking at the stars? And there's a difference between astronomy, the study of the stars and astrology, counting them as your your God or your guide, per se. Right. There's there's a difference. So we need to be careful. Amen. Wouldn't you say? Uh no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of First um, Kings when Elijah went up on Mount Carmel. He took those 450 prophets of, of Baal. Baal was the sun god, right? right. So they worshiped Baal. They, they gave sacrifices to, to Baal, to the sun god. Now, that's why he's called the king of kings, the lord of lords, because my lord, all, all, your, all your sun gods, and earth gods, moon gods, wood god, rock god, report to my god, right? That's so, right. So, so Elijah, he goes up to Mount Carmel. He calls all those 450 prophets together and he puts out some wood and sacrifice. Okay, tell your God to burn us up. <laughs> right? Tell your God right, to destroy right. us. Nothing happened. He taunted him again. Go, where's your God at? What's going on? And then he prayed to the Almighty God, Pastor. He prayed to the Almighty God. <clears throat> That's and, right. and, and what what is so unique about his prayer is that. He didn't ask God to do it. He told God, do it. So if we go to if we go to um first Kings and we and we look at uh chapter 18 and we go down to verse, I believe it's 38. Yeah, okay, 36. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all these things that at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people know that you, that Lord, are God and that you are turning their head, their hearts back again. And in 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and licked up the water in the trenches, Pastor. Wow. Amazing, huh? It burned up everything. The soil. It burned up the, the rocks, Pastor. Everything and see, and, and, and even the rocks. See, 
because people get into crystals, right? Oh, well, what's what's bad about it? This this is Chris uh, a crystal. It's it's pretty. You know, it's one thing if you have it as a decoration. It's another thing if you're counting on it because oh, it's got that positive energy. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying is we have to be careful because we open doorways into the portals of hell. I mean, you, you've heard of the, you know, people that play the Ouija board. I mean, you're allowing all kinds of spirits to come in by opening that door, right? The same thing with horoscopes, the same things with psychics. Remember who, who, who in the Bible went to a psychic? It was Saul. Right, right. right. Saul went to, yep, that's absolutely right, Pastor. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, as you look at, at the Bible, the way it's written, Exodus, Pastor, back in Exodus, it's, it wrote in here, in 23.13, be careful to do everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. Amen. Right there, Pastor. Amen. That's all you can say. Amen. Amen. Right there. And also, look at in, in Leviticus, in Leviticus 19.31, right, of the New Living Translation, it says, do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord, your God. In other words, when we start invoking these, these psychics and, you know, there was a real famous one. It, uh, she used to have this psychic hotline, and you know she was she was making a ton of money. Oh and yeah, oh yeah. I remember. You remember her? I, I can't remember what her what her name was, but uh, she was making just a, a killing. You know, three dollars a minute or whatever amount that was. You know, and um, it it says it, it's by going to a psychic. It's like you're saying, God, uh, listen, I need to know now. You're not giving me an answer, so. I'm gonna start asking the the spirit world, you know, the the demonic spirit world now for answers. You know, you're you're cutting God out, and again, making an idol of this. The the going to palm readers, psychics, uh, people who say they can, you know, contact the dead, and and listen, I understand why people do it. Some people they do want answers and. And they feel very hurt and, and you know, loved ones have passed away and they want to hear from them. But listen, I can tell you there's all kinds of scam artists that do that. And there's demonic forces that do that. And you don't want to be a part of either one of them. You don't want to get scammed out of hundreds or possibly even thousands of dollars because you're desperate or desperate for a cure for, for cancer or or diabetes, or, or, or whatever else it may be. So you entertain these mediums and psychics. Listen, that's an open door to hell itself. And that's not what we should be doing. Now, I understand that people sometimes, you know, they like these things. They're, they're pretty, we talk about dream catchers. Um, and, you know, they, they, they look nice and like nice ornaments and what have you. But people say, oh, well, they... They catch your dreams and what have you. Listen, your mind needs to be on Christ. And if you're not sleeping well or you're having trouble, 
The one you need to be counting on is on Christ. That's who you need to be reaching out to. And, and that's what we're talking about. Every time you go to anything other than God himself, like I said, be it psychics, horoscopes, uh, lighting candles, uh, you know, burning certain incense in your house and counting on this energy and rocks and crystals. And listen, that's an all dangerous place to be. The only thing we got to do is count on God and depend on God because he's the only true God. Amen. Amen. You know, as you start to speak through this, a lot of stuff just started flowing uh, through, through my mind. Amen. Pastor. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> shaking off the dust in there, right? The cobwebs, right? So, <laughs> you know, but you, you know, a lot of people, I think, because it's subtle, Pastor. See, see, the enemy works in subtleties. Those things you spoke about, yes, you see them; they look common, and they don't become subtle anymore. Right now, you think it's normal to use those things, which is not, right? Right. But, but how about the person that gets stressed out? Right. They get stressed out. They, you know, um, they can't take the day. It was too much going on. And I don't know, they ate, I don't know, two gallons of ice cream. Could food be an idol, Pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because, again, you're counting on something else for comfort or for an escape, just like people that turn to drugs. They can't deal with the day and, oh, well, I'm just going to smoke a couple of joints because it, it, it relaxes me and it, it calms me down and makes me feel good. Or I, I'm going to take these, uh, you know, these other types of drugs, a line of cocaine or, or you know, um, I'm going to smoke some meth because it, it, it helps me escape the problems of the world. Listen, all it does is exacerbate your problems. It just makes them worse. And when you come down from that, you're still going to have the same problems there because you're looking at the wrong thing. So looking at food as your comfort can also be an idol. In everything, we need to seek Christ. In everything. Listen, he cares for you. Even the smallest thing. For the smallest thing, he cares for you. I don't care how small you think it is. Listen, there have been times where I'm looking for the keys and I'm so frustrated. And I say, God, please help me find these car keys. I need to leave. And within seconds, I'll find them. I mean, it, it's incredible the minute detail that God himself will pay attention to on your behalf. He's an amazing God and he loves us and he cares for us. And we just need to trust him. We need to depend on him. We need to call upon his name and no one else's because every other false God can't do nothing for you. Amen. That's so true, Pastor. You know, the sin, right? The sin that we talked about in a couple of episodes earlier is anything that takes us away from God, right? So like you said, it could be, you know, a, a drug, a food, 
um, you know, your car, money, right? Things like that, your job. Right. How about when you get into a relationship? So it's you and your spouse, but you love your spouse so much. Could a spouse become an idol, Pastor? Absolutely. Your spouse can become an idol. Your children can become an idol. When you start to put, as we were speaking about, anything before God, anything or anyone can be an idol if that's where your dependency is on, if that's the first thing or the first person you run to in times of trouble or distress. And listen, the last thing we want is for God to tell us, go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. That's the scripture we, we quoted just a bit earlier. That's the last thing we want God to, to do. Is Listen, you have not chosen me. The Bible says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. It's a choice. And you have to make a choice who you're going to serve. You cannot serve two masters. The Bible is very clear on that. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, God and money. And that shouldn't be the first thing that you run to or your, your wife or your husband or your children. The first one you need to be running to is God himself. Why? Because listen, he already knows our situation. He's the one who created us. Before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. Who better than to count on in time of distress, in time of need, in time of sorrow, in time of hurt? Who better in time of anger? Who better to go to than the God himself who created you? Amen. Amen, Pastor. And you're not going to believe it, but that is our hour, Pastor. Wow. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. God is so good. You got any final thoughts for the audience? My, my only thoughts really are, listen, just understand that God loves you and cares for you and wants the absolute best for you. And he wants to hear from you. He wants an intimate relationship with you. Speak to him. Don't be afraid to go to him. Don't be afraid to ask him for anything that your heart desires or that your heart needs. Just make sure that it would be God's will that would be done. And that you ask out of a heart and a love for him and for your neighbor. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. This Amen. show was powerful. Praise God. Good thing. This was an excellent show, Pastor. And we want to let everyone know, you got to pass this message on to others so they can be blessed by the word. Right, Pastor? Amen. Amen. We want this 
word to go all around the world. It's, it's our greatest desire because we want people to be helped by the power of God. It's not about Minister Germain or it's not about Pastor Caesar. This is all about his kingdom, his royal priesthood, his royal family, which is his people. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Well, with that, I'm going to go ahead and give us a closing prayer, okay? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for speaking to us. We thank you for your powerful words and your wisdom and how you unfolded to us with ease. We thank you for just blessing us and allowing us to speak to your children, allowing your children to hear the, the scripture, the verses, the conversation, because all the glory goes to you. Continue to bless the children, continue to bless the nations, continue to uplift them and increase their families with your love. These are all things we ask for in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Praise you, Jesus. I tell you what, Pastor, we had another good night, another good time. Pastor, next week, I think it's going to be even power, more powerful, right? Amen. That's right. Every week we're counting on God to do something more powerful. It's getting stronger and stronger, and these episodes are getting better and better. Stay tuned. Remember, every Saturday between 7.30 and 8 p.m. Pacific time, the Kristen Talk Show is what you need to tune into. Be safe. And remember, you have the power. Amen. Amen.